0: can be seated. I'm Pastor David Bird, the mission pastor here at the Ridge, and uh, Jerry's on vacation, so the uh, the bullpen has come to life, and I'm glad to be here. It's been a great summer uh, to be in different places that we support here at the Ridge, to be in France and Serbia, uh, Mexico, and Wichita, Kansas, and I'll share a little bit of, about um, what God is doing in those places as we talk about Uh, this wonderful psalm this morning as well. This is a great psalm. It encourages us to worship the Lord and then actually shows us, commands us on how to do that. I think, though, what I want to center in is verse 10 to start with. It's in quotations. It's something that the people are actually supposed to say out loud. I think it's kind of the theme and the focus um, of this psalm. And it's basically this, our God... Reigns. It says, say among the nations. That means we are to shout this out. The Lord reigns. Indeed, the world is firmly established. It will not be moved. He will judge the people with equity. I don't know about you, but sometimes I have a hard time believing that God reigns and he's really in control. I see some of the evil things that go on in this world. Some of the dark things that I've observed, even stuff this week, what the heck is going on in North Korea. I couldn't even follow everything in Virginia yesterday with racism and riots and, and all this stuff. And we see this and sometimes we wonder, God, do you see this? you see what's going on here? People killing other people. What really gets to me is people just deceptively taking advantage of other people. And God, if you really are reigning and if you really do see this, how much control do you have? And maybe sometimes you ask this on a personal level. You're in a difficult season of life. You wonder if God is really in control. I mean, you think you're, you're trying hard, but... Finances are tight, or maybe they're even lacking. You wonder why people hurt you. You pray. You try to have this joyous, positive attitude, but darkness just seems to close in. Sin seems to reign all around us, and not our Lord. And yet verse 10 reminds us that God does reign, and we are to shout it out. God reigns. He's established the world. It shall not be moved unless he chooses so. He's the ruler over time. He's the ruler over history. He rules in heaven, and indeed, he rules on earth, and he has not given up his authority. He reigns, and he gives justice to all the people. I love that. He judges the peoples with equity. He judges us with fairness, and I would even include mercy. Now, a lot of times justice here on earth seems to happen, but a lot of times we never observe justice to its fullest extent. So we know it's going to happen in eternity. That's why the scripture says, don't be deceived about the reign of God. Let me remind you what scripture says, Hebrews 9, 28. And inasmuch as it is appointed for men to die once, and after that comes judgment, So Christ also, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, he will appear a second time, but this time for salvation without reference to sin, to those who eagerly await him. God's judgment is not always immediate, but it is sure and it is pure. Sometimes we think people may be getting away with something, but justice will occur. And likewise, for followers of Jesus Christ, we will receive just rewards for living for him who died on the cross for our sin. And we eagerly await the second coming because the next time he comes, it's not having to do with being um, a sin offering. It's coming to do to complete our salvation. I love 2 Peter 3, 9, too. The Lord is not slow about his promises, some count slowness, but he's patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but all to come to repentance. You know, Peter was a, was a friend of Jesus. He was an eyewitness to all the supernatural events that Jesus did, including the resurrection. I listen to Peter when he writes stuff. And I love what he says here. That God's not slow about His promise. He's not slow about His justice. He waits patiently for us to come to faith and to follow Christ. And He gives even the most evil person an opportunity to repent of their sin and follow a risen Savior. And He's waiting on you to do that today. Because His judgment is sure. And His judgment is pure. And hopefully you will not be found guilty and be a part of God's family to live forever. So God reigns. Look at the person next to you and say that. God reigns. Come on. Our God reigns. The real question though this morning is, does He reign in your life? We can say, oh yeah, God reigns. But is He Lord and Master here? Because we have a choice. We can choose to submit to his leadership or we can be our own God. We have the ability to choose something else or someone else to follow a different gospel. Who or what influences you right now today? What is the major influence on you? What's reigning in your life? Now, be honest with yourself. Think about that question because I'm going to come back to it in a moment. And so we have this command say among the nation our God's reign. But there's four other commands in this psalm. So we'll start back in verses 1 and 2 and get the first one. The first one is to sing to the Lord. We changed the worship service up a little bit and it's going to make sense, I hope, in the next five or ten minutes because uh, John and I, we got together and based on what the scripture says here, we just kind of shook things up a little bit. If God is reigning in our heart, then we should be singing to the Lord. It says it three times. Sing to the Lord, a new song. Sing to the Lord, all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless His name. And don't forget this part of the singing. Proclaim good tidings of His salvation from day to day. I love this part about singing to the Lord. Now, this isn't just talking about singing when we come to church to a Worship service, although that is vital. Corporate worship, the singing part is vital. This isn't for those lucky few who can carry a tune. How many of you are terrible singers? Let's see some confession today. Right, let me ask it another way. How many of you are sitting next to someone who's a terrible singer? <laughs> there we go. Now. now we have truth telling going on here. Sing to the Lord. It's a command. Again, it's not just singing in the church setting, although that is vastly important to God's people. And I think it's a shame that, that many of us just kind of saunter into our worship services when we feel like it. And, you know, I don't know your heart, but it appears to me sometimes that we could just care less about the singing part of a worship service. Some of you may be getting like defensive right now. That's not my purpose. I'm not trying to badger you or anything. But I do want to give you two reasons why I believe you need to reconsider um, your attitude and and your actions about singing. And and John did not pay me to to say this part either, okay? (laughs) One is God commands it. (laughs) Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord, all the earth, that includes me and you. Sing to the Lord, bless his holy name. It's a command. And when it comes to corporate worship, I think it's part of one of those commands that we will be held accountable to one day. But a second thing I've learned just in the last few weeks, in fact, I really learned it when I was with our students at student camp, is that singing is a form of spiritual warfare. Think of singing like praying. You're just singing with a tune. It's like praying. It's a melodic prayer. And so it's like when we pray, when we sing, the Holy Spirit begins to work in our heart, begins to call forth Praise from our heart begins to pull forth that allegiance and recommitment to our Lord begins to prepare us for the spiritual battle against darkness and evil that crouches at every one of our doorsteps he begins to prepare us to fight it releases the reign of God in our hearts and it is a defense against the enemy I really don't have time to teach Teach a lot more on this, but uh, you can go back and look at Second Chronicle, uh, Chronicles, chapter twenty-one, verse twenty. Uh, there's a time when Israel's going out to battle, and God says to put the musician and the singers out front on the front lines. Amen. Maybe the singers and musicians needed to get killed off. I don't know. Maybe they weren't <laughs> being faithful. I don't know. I don't know why it was. You know. Now it doesn't seem to be that this was a common occurrence every time Israel went in battle. But this one time, God says, we're going forth with praises. We're going forth with a new song. We're going forth with blessing the Lord God. And as you read that in Second Chronicles, a sword was never lifted. God supernaturally won the battle. Interesting. Psalm 68 also talks about singers leading the procession, not only to, to worship worship, But in into everyday occurrence in life, singing like prayer is a form of spiritual warfare. Again, this is not confined just to our worship service. Let me give you a a devotional website. uh, Brenda and I have been using uh, for the last few weeks. It's uh, first15.org. www.firstthenumber15.org. Fifteen-minute devotional. Um, it starts with a theme of the week. So every Sunday there's a different theme. Um, today it's mercy. So this week it's, you know, the mercy of God and how to show mercy to other people. So you, you have this theme, you have a scripture and then there's a song. You, you click on it and it pulls up a song, different artist. Sometimes it has words on it. Sometimes you'll know the song. Sometimes you want, sometimes you'll want to just sit there and listen to that whole song. Other times you maybe want to get to the next part and start reading the devotional while that's going. And then it closes with a couple of points on how to pray. And so you can sit there and pray. So just 15 minutes. It's great for a couple to do or for an individual. And it puts this singing, this spiritual warfare as a part of it. So again, singing isn't just about singing in church. Although that is vastly important to corporate worship. It is the releasing of the reign of God here at this church when we sing together. It is the spiritual warfare that we do together as a church. But it really has to do about the attitude of our heart. It's having a a joyful heart. It's having a singing heart, whether you can carry a tune or not. It's about a singing heart, a heart because we have a God who reigns over us. And we choose to submit to him and to follow him. I have a new song today. You want to hear it? No, that wasn't very strong. I'll just keep going. All right, it doesn't rhyme, it doesn't even have a melody. It's a song nonetheless, and I think it's the heart of this. My new song is the joy I feel in still singing, even though it was a few weeks ago, still seeing a few weeks ago, the teenagers in Montier, France, come to church. Got a couple pictures I want to show you. You might remember some of them from uh, last year. These are students that we invest in at the Ridge, um, doing baseball they're all teenagers and um right in the middle I've mentioned Lisa before and uh, you can see this year she she rode up on a motorcycle you can see the wheels kind of there in the background and uh you know her goal in life right now is to be a tattoo artist you know um she's gay she uh, supposedly has a lover Did did not bring her to our Baseball camps and the things that we did there. But last year, I don't know. I just had a heart for Lisa, and I pray for her from time to time. And when I preached at the uh, Pondicherry the following Sunday, I found out that some of them were going to come to church. And I sent out a prayer request. Some of you are on my prayer team. And I said, man, I need you on your face before God. This will be the first time. And sure enough, uh, five of these students came um, to church Lisa very first time and that's typical Lisa right there on the right with her tongue out and her, her piercings and everything um, but I got to tell you folks this is three years in the making just to get to this point point. Yeah. and I told God I said if I don't see you do another miracle for the next ten years I can run on this one a long long time this is my new song to the Lord and uh, I was afraid to look around and, and make eye contact with her, you know, but I saw some video of the service and during the, during the singing part, she was back there clapping along and singing songs of joy to the Lord that she doesn't know. And so I want you to think about Lisa. This is the next picture. Uh, I want you to think about her until some of us go to France next year. I can't wait to get... And now to really just sit down and and have coffee with her and say, okay, let's talk about salvation. Let's talk about where you are. Let's talk about what God is doing in your life. God gives us a new song every day. And and remember, the the latter part of that is proclaim the good tidings of his salvation from day to day. Uh, We see the works of God and we get to share that. With each other, so that's one of my new songs. I got a ton of them, but uh, you know, what's your new song? What's your new song? What's God doing in your life? What's God doing through you? What's doing? What's He doing around you that encourages? Where you see His miracles in your life? The second command: not only do we sing, we are to tell of His glory, verses three through six. Tell of his glory among the nations. That's what we do in mission work and missions here in Carrollton. His wonderful deeds among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all gods, listen to this, all gods of the peoples are idols. But the Lord made the heavens. All the gods of the peoples are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor or majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. If God reigns in our hearts, then it is natural to declare how wonderful he is and tell others of the mighty works that we see him doing hell of his glory. Declaring the glory of God is not the job of the elders of the ridge. It's not the job of the staff. It is the job of every one of us who claim to be a follower of the risen Jesus Christ. And it's one of the ways we know that God is reigning in our heart. I like that verse five. All the other gods are idols but only the Lord made the heavens. I have an idol in my pocket. It's one of the idols in America. And to be confessional, some days it's my idol as well. This is one of our idols. We have many of them. This is what we chase. This is what we live for. Yeah, I get it. It's important. But this did not create the heavens and the earth. Right, right. It's incapable. Yeah. And I don't know who or what your god is. And sometimes it's a who. You know, we have our favorite band and I think sometimes even in the marriage relationship, you know, is there such a thing as loving our spouse too much where It's more than our Redeemer. If your God didn't create anything, if your God didn't have anything to do with the splendor of the universe, man, it's a false God. And you need to rethink what you're giving your life to. Because we need to be telling of His glory and not the glory of anything else. In uh, Pont de Cherif, France, um, every year we help the new church there put out flyers. I don't think we got all 10,000 put out. We got a pretty good start on it, uh, the group of us that were there. And um, I I think it's interesting, you know, what they do. It's a a simple flyer. And even the pastor said, you know, go and pray over the homes as you put these out. You know, we don't expect a, a big, huge response. But it's important that we do this. And this year, um, uh, he's going to be doing a sermon series in the fall. And he's just asking people of all faiths, you know, what question would you ask if, you know, you could ask God anything. And he's going to put together a sermon series. He's collecting email addresses because they can hit on the little uh, Q code here uh, when they make the survey online. Uh, the goal is not to get them to come to church, but it's going to be on YouTube. So you can say, hey, it's out there. You know, The question you a- ask, we, we at least address. But I remember him saying, he said, thank you guys for coming and doing this every year. Uh, because if nothing else, and get this. You know, he said, it reminds people that there's a church in town. Yeah. Because our God reigns, and, and when the time comes, just once a year they get something. And I thought how, how easy that would be for us here at the Ridge to do. 10,000 homes, our life groups distribute them, you know. Uh, will there be a great response? Probably not. But it lets people know, you know, there's a church on the corner. And when God begins to work in your life, you know, we just want to be here to tell of his glory. Number three, ascribe to the Lord. What in the world does that mean, ascribe? That's a hard word. It, it, it's... It's to give credence to, ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory of his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Uh, it, it's to give glory. It's to acquiesce. It's to recognize. It's all of that. But it, but it has action to it. This word ascribe. It means that we're doing something. We're not just declaring the glory of God. We're actually doing something. We're not just sitting back and saying, God is wonderful and our God reigns. We are active in doing what God is doing in this world. And a couple of things that are even mentioned here, we bring an offering and we come into his courts. And again, the best offering is not just our 10% um, that we should be bringing weekly, but, but it's our heart. God wants our heart. That's the offering that he's looking for. It's what's going on in here. In Wichita, Kansas, the uh, church there has a big heart. One of our former elders, uh, Jimmy Hudson, moved up there to be a part of this uh, church. That's kind of inner city, just, just right there. And uh, we were able, I think, to bless that church. They don't really need us. Uh, we did a, a Bible school, and we helped them through their very first block party. We had some men who did a lot of renovation. Um, but we were a blessing in the sense that after 18 months, the congregation, they're just worn out. <laughs> because they're doing stuff all the time for the Lord in that community and feeding people. And they've been renovating this building that they're hoping to buy. And I remember walking by some of the men, and, and they didn't know I was listening to the conversation, but... I just heard them, you know, praise the Lord saying, man, did you see what all those Texans did up on the third floor? You know, I was feeling guilty that we didn't quite get it finished, you know. And uh, just to, to give them some relief in that. But then we were in the worship service, and it's a church, maybe half our size, maybe half, I think probably smaller than half. And the Wednesday after we were leaving... They were commissioning six people to go out into the city to start house churches. So I sat down with Jimmy and I said, Explain to me, is this like our life groups? He said, Yeah, it's like life groups, but we're hoping these guys will turn them into churches. And I thought, What vision? What purpose this church has? And it's alive, and it's telling the glory of God, but it's ascribing to the Lord with all their energy that they have, even when it's waning. To say, we want to go out, and we're going to take some folks, and we're going to start in our neighborhoods, and we're just going to love people, and we hope to get Bible studies going out there. And if God really reigns, and, and this could happen, this could explode into another small church of 20, 40, 50 people. Wow. Number four, in verse nine. Worship the Lord in holy attire. Tremble before him all the earth. Worship the Lord in holy attire. This isn't just talking about coming to church, dressing nice. Nothing wrong with that, unless we're trying to impress people or draw attention to ourselves. My original intentions were to come in my European dress with my man capris that some of you seen me walking around in, and uh, I added to my um, European style this year. I got me a man purse now. <laughs> I'll tell you what, this thing is Genius. Unless you got cargo pants with all the flaps to lock, man, you carry your passport. You got your phone in here. You got your wallet. You got whatever. Trey Israel over in Serbia's got it right, man. This this <laughs> this thing is awesome. Y'all gonna see me wearing this a lot because uh, it's really a pretty cool thing. And so I thought, yeah, I'm gonna pull this gimmick and be all dressed European. And God said, you know, David, you're just gonna be drawing attention to yourself, and people are gonna be watching you you know, show off and look like a knucklehead up there and, uh, you know, just, just dress normal and uh, try to teach on this, you know, to worship in holy attire, to tremble before the Lord all the earth. Again, this is a, a matter of the heart. God wants our heart dressed, clothed in his righteousness, fully confessed of our sin with commitments to live to him, to sing a song to him, to declare his glory, to ascribe glory to him, to worship in holy tire. You know, it's like we're going to meet with God and we want to look good. We want to look our best. God wants to see our heart glowing in the beauty of Jesus Christ as we follow him. And then, of course, the last... Part of this says, The Lord reigns. Say among the people, The Lord reigns indeed. The world is firmly established. It will not be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. A uh, missionary daughter down in Mexico put on Facebook something the other day, a quote by R.C. Sproul, and I said, Man, I'm using that on, in the Sermon Sunday. And uh, she's such a sweetheart, but, but here it is. We, oh, we got it on, on the slide. This is even better. If there is one single molecule in this universe, think about that. Just one. One single molecule in this universe running loose, totally free of God's sovereignty. Then we have no guarantee that a single promise of God will ever be fulfilled. But the scripture declares our God reigns. He's in control. He's got this. But does he have this? We changed the worship service up in a little bit. We did a couple songs at front. We're going to finish with some songs. We're going to sing to the Lord. I don't know if they're new songs or not. But we're going to sing to the Lord. And then we'll close in communion. But before we do that, um, I want you to turn in your pew Bible to Psalm 96, if you do not have one. And we're going to to stand and we're going to read in unison verses 11, 12, and 13. Okay? So, yeah, once you find that, just go ahead and stand. If you don't have a Bible or... Your neighbor already grabbed the one out of the pew. Just look over their shoulder here, okay? Let's read this together and then let me pray and then we're going to sing to the Lord. One, two, three, go. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all it contains. Let the field exult and all that is in it. Then all the trees of the forest will sing for joy before the Lord, for he is coming. For he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the people in his faithfulness. Heavenly Father, we come into your presence because your presence is already here. We sing songs whether we can carry a tune or not, whether our lips even move or not. We rejoice in these words. We rejoice in your presence reigning power in our life so hear the worship of the ridge this morning lord let it call forth praise from our hearts together let it release the reigning power in this congregation and as we do spiritual warfare for people who are in bondage for people that we love for people that we care about for people who are lost lord hear our prayer through song in jesus name amen